What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I got radio voice on tonight. Yeah. Um, anyway, what's everyone been up to? Alex and I have kind of had the same things going on in our Star Wars life, so we're going to start with you, Becky. What what, what have no, you been well, up to? Mine's not as cool as your guys' and I'm well, really I mean, jelly. How do but you know? We don't know what you did. I have done nothing. Uh, <laughs> so I know. That's a, that could be a good thing, too. You relax. It's, try it's to been really know. cold. Actually, I haven't done a lot of Star Warsing because it's Oscar season for me. And I have mm. been trying to watch all the Oscar films, um, which has been totally impacted by the Olympics starting because I'm trying to watch all the Olympic events. Um, so it's terrible for my OCD. Um, but uh, Star Wars wise. Oh, well, one cool thing about the Olympics is I'm watching it streaming on the NBC app. And you know how when you stream stuff, they have like four commercials and that's it. And they just uh-huh. show the same commercials over and over again. I've seen the solo trailer like about 7,000 times now. And it's oh, still that's a great. Star Wars thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually excited because it's clearly getting a lot of screen time. So hopefully that'll do good for its numbers. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Tell me about your guys' awesome trip. All right. Well, we went to the one and only Rancho Obi-Wan ah, up in Petaluma, California. Ah. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what Rancho Obi-Wan it is, I can't speak today. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know what Rancho Obi-Wan is, it is the largest Star Wars memorabilia collection in the world. The entire mm-hmm. world. And uh, we were there for... I want to say almost three hours yeah a little over three and uh they showed and talked about all kinds of stuff and then they told us that that was only 10 percent of it yeah they um, said they have a, a room just full of stuff that they haven't even cataloged oh yeah wow. um they talked yeah they they told us all these crazy statistics we got to see the 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 rocket firing boba fets in oh, person both of them both types i don't know what that means all right. I, I, have you? Uh, you know what you should do. Uh, we'll explain it. But also, what you should do because it's awesome. Uh, on Netflix, there's a series called "The Toys That Made Us." Yes. yes. It's only four episodes. The first episode's about Star Wars. They talk about it. They actually show Rancho Obi Wan also in it, uh, which is pretty cool. But they talk about the rocket firing Boba Fett, and uh, it was a prototype for a Boba Fett action figure that they were gonna release. And then I don't remember what figure the kid choked on. Maybe you remember. I think it was He-Man. So, yeah, the the figure was supposed to shoot out this little tiny projectile, which was maybe an inch tall but real thin. And I guess some kid right before it was to be released choked on a He-Man projectile too. He-Man or J.I. Joe? One of those two. One of I don't remember. Child didn't do so well. And then uh, at the time they're like, oh, shoot, we can't do this. So they permanently welded all the rockets into all the boba fets that came out oh. yeah it's way covering their butts but there's a handful of the prototypes that are out there and those are like if you're a vintage collector those are like the holiest of the holiest of the holiest grails out there wow like the fact that uh steve sansweet who is the you know he's a guy that runs and i wouldn't say owns because i feel like the collection's outgrown him but the the curator of rancho obi-wan uh he has both versions which they made a l and a J slot, so that was just the way that you would lock in the uh, the launcher to shoot out. 
and uh, they're telling us that on the tour whenever they go to do touring exhibits everything else can get shipped out but those two figures can only be transported by hand by Steve Sansweet in a car no one else is allowed to transport them <laughs> but him um, can you shoot them I'm guessing the answer is no uh, oh, they were behind a glass. They're behind case. glass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, theoretically, you could because it's just a little spring-loaded gadget. Isn't that so sad that the whole point of what makes it valuable is the fact that it's the only one that can actually shoot these projectiles, but then it's stuck behind glass forever. Yeah, but it's 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 rare. It's you know, I, I yeah, that is that's like kind of the the hard part about being a collector. It's at what point are you collecting and you know observing something without enjoying what it was meant for. Mm. Um, but certain, I feel like there's certain things. It's almost like if you found a toy from, you know, 900 years ago, you wouldn't want to play with it still. You'd, you'd want to preserve it for historical. 900 value. years ago, it would suck. Um, <laughs> hey, rocks! What sticking rocks? That's an awesome game. So, was the Boba Fett your favorite thing? What else did you see? Oh man, what else did we see? We saw I all s- kinds of stuff. Everything. I think some of my favorite things were the, uh, the bootleg action figures. Bootleg Those meaning. Were fun. So back when the original movies came out, licensing was uh, it wasn't you know the the easiest thing to do, and a lot of international companies decided, hey, you know what, we're gonna make our own bootleg Star Wars figures. Mm-hmm. So they'd get their hands on American figures, or they'd get the the molds from you know China, and they'd create their own variants with their own packaging and all that stuff. And uh, it it was really cool to see some of the rarer ones. One of the companies I think it was from somewhere in uh, Eastern Europe called Uze. And he had four of the uh, Uze figures that, you know, for years I had seen them in books and all that. And it was really cool to see it in person. I would really respect someone whose collection was only knockoffs. Like, that was their niche Star Wars <laughs> collecting specialty. It was just the jankiest, low-budgiest Star I, Wars crap. I met a guy at Celebration who did that. Really? Yeah. He, he I mean, he collects, he collected other things too, but his main focus was bootlegs. That's so he awesome. would go to random flea markets and he'd find like space warrior Jim and it's a stormtrooper <laughs> with like a lightsaber and he'd buy it. He, he, he showed me pictures and it was just it, really cool, weird things. But That's you know, they're awesome. not Star Wars, but they're Star Wars. They're pre- they're in, very much inspired by the spirit of Star Wars. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I noticed some of that when I went overseas recently because obviously with the new films, the merchandising is exploding again. And uh, in Italy, just you know, there's it, it, it has the Star Wars words and the logos, but the things inside of it have nothing to do with Star Wars. It's very strange. Like it just it's a it's a different stuffed animal that they put a Star right. Wars tag on. Um, yeah, but there was all kinds of stuff like that there was um like one of a kind weird art pieces uh one of the things we saw was the was like a um a lego millennium falcon like one of the bigger ones it was it was repainted to be gold and purple um like laker colors but it but yeah but it was repainted and built by an intern at lego that did it and then gifted it to the ranch so it's like well, there's only one of those, you know what I mean? Um, That's special. Yeah, and then, and then funny enough, because we've talked about the Jar Jar Popsicles, they had like <laughs> 20 of them. They had a whole display rack, yeah. Yeah, and one of the new docents, they were talking about how she had to clean like all of them, and she oh, was like, so it funny. was disgusting. Oh, God. <laughs> it was Q-tip, Saran Wrap, and 
What was the other thing that you had? A whole to lot use? of time. A whole lot of time. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it was. It was a really cool, cool exhibit. It was really everything. Cool. There were dogs and chickens. Also, oh, the chickens were awesome. They would hop the fence. What? 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 Yeah. Fence hopping chickens. Well, it's so Rancho is not just like a name. It, it's actually on a ranch. Huh. So like. Yeah, it's a private residence. Yeah, so we had to drive to this ranch that had these two big old doggos. And then it had... <laughs> Real quick, had... before you move on, um, we get to Rancho Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> we get to I Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we get there. Uh, we meet two of the other people that we're touring with. And then um, we meet their their head of... I forgot her name. She was really nice, though. Um, she's the one that sets up all the tours and everything. And she introduces us to the two dogs. And they, the dogs would come up to the fence of their, of their little yard, and one of them had a ball in its mouth. And the dog, you know, would want you to throw it. And unfortunately, I was turned away. But I believe uh, someone threw the ball. It was, it was okay, so Anne, who's Anne, the general manager, she was like, oh, yeah, they'll play fetch. She picks up the ball and throws it. <laughs> this dog, they're huge. They're like big old labs. This dog runs and rams right into this giant potted plant and just oh, knocks no. it over and you goes just hear, smash. Like, yeah, crap. And I turn over and this pot is split in two. Oh, the dog no. has run past it. He's going for the ball. And Josh's face, Nicole's face, my and my wife's face were just they were they were just so like, <laughs> Oh my god, like we're in Rancho Obi Wan not two minutes and we've already witnessed the destruction of a potted plant. Oh god. So at least it wasn't an actual piece of like memorabilia. It was just like imagine? one of those ten dollar potted plants. But it was it was still you know hey we're wrench Obi Wan. Oh we already saw something break. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah you're fearing that you're bringing bad juju in. Wouldn't that be yeah. a crazy experience seeing everything yeah. destroyed? Yeah. Uh, well fun super fun. Any I imagine that's the highlight of your Star Wars news. Yeah pretty much. Well the day before I got to uh, go visit Lucasfilm's lobby real quick. I, did, I made a quick pilgrimage to uh, Skywalker. Or not oh, Skywalker, yeah. I'm sorry, to the not Presidio yeah. uh, to visit Lucasfilm, just kind of check out the Yoda fountain and to use the bathroom in their Starbucks and to walk <laughs> in their lobby, which their lobby is full of a bunch of statues. And it said that a number of them were broken and one of them um, was positioned incorrectly because I actually own it. And I really wanted to fix it, but there's <laughs> a security guard there and I didn't want her to yell at me for touching their stuff. So I had to, so if you ever go to the Lucasfilm lobby, they have a biker scout, Kotobuki uh, statue, turn it around, turn the base around because it's backwards right now. Please, someone. I wanna, I wanna now go on a secret mission with you to like sneak in there, cause a distraction so that you can fix the bike for the people. Please, because it, it, I felt bad leaving, but at the same time, I don't want to touch something and you know, no, good get call. arrested by a stormtrooper. Although that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> They're just coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> they tase me. Oh, what are you yeah. doing? I'm just fixing it. Just fixing they, it. I just wanted to fix it. They should have their security oh people dressed up as stormtroopers. That'd be pretty cool. That would yeah. actually be really cool. <laughs> Slash anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's honestly like the highlight of all of it. Uh, but we've got a long episode. We've got so much to talk about. We got to go talk to, to Amy about women and Star Wars. We got news. We got all kinds of stuff. So let's get into it. Woo! Once again, welcome to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you are from the class of 77 or The Last Jedi was your first Star Wars film, you are welcome here. And now... <laughs> All right, for this special segment, revisiting our topic, Women in Star Wars, we're sitting down with Amy Raquel, who is a contributor to StarWars.com and the 
website admin uh, for three sixty-five days of Star Wars women. I don't know what what uh, blogger. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that works out. Star yeah. Wars writer, uh, you know, niche Star Wars writer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted to bring you on for this segment. We've discussed the impact of women in Star Wars before. Um, it was like our second episode ever, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool episode. Uh, this episode, I want to focus a little bit more on this project you're doing, Amy, because when the new year started, I don't remember who retweeted it. It might have been Pablo Hidalgo or someone at Lucas retweeted it. And you're basically covering a different female character or film editor or a, like a woman who was involved in either the creation or the lore of Star Wars. And I was like, that's really cool. I'm going to follow this for a little while. So I've been following it. And then I'll, and then we talked about it. I was like, we should get her on the show and revisit that subject because that would be really cool. So we're here. But before we do that, we have to ask you what we ask every guest who comes on, which is how did you first fall in love with Star Wars? Ah, yes. Uh, well, so I have a vague memory of seeing A New Hope when I was four years old. I have, like, a vague memory of being in a theater and seeing, like, the, basically, like, the Death Star Troopers, like, firing to, like, destroy Eldron. I don't know why that's the one memory I have from A New Hope, but that is my four-year-old memory. Um, and I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back, and I remember being very concerned that Yoda was going to hurt Luke for some unknown reason. Um, but, like, and I was, like, telling my dad, like, in the theater, like, Dad, and he's like, it's fine. Like, he is good. <laughs> like, it's going to be Were fine. you scared of Muppets? Um, Did you have a puppet I, No, I wasn't. So I'm really not sure what, yo, like, what in my mind was freaking me out about Yoda. But I remember being very concerned that something bad was going to happen to Luke <laughs> in Dagobah. Uh, but it was when Return of the Jedi, I was 10 years old. I think I was, like, in the fifth or sixth grade. When that movie came out, like, I grew up in, you know, in Montana, which is, you know, kind of, you know, it's not as isolated as Tatooine, but it's pretty isolated from, like, the rest of, you know, everything, seemingly. And there, just the whole story of Return of the Jedi and all of, like, I mean, I did love the Ewoks, but, like, just the whole, like, space adventure and Princess Leia, like, all of it, I just totally fell in love with it, wanted to escape into that world. And basically, from Return of the Jedi on, I was total Star Wars fan. Did you uh, continue on with it? Because you had, you, so you were a fan through the dark times. We're all yes. lucky because we, ha- no. we kind of fell in love as there was new movies coming back, but you you stuck through it for years of nothing. I stuck through it, and I remember, like, all I had basically was, I think at the time it was the Lucasfilm fan club magazine. Yeah, um, I remember Like, that. that you would get every now and then, and, like, they'd give you patches, and they'd give you stickers, and, like, you could send away for stuff, and I sent away for everything that you could possibly get. Um, and, like, I, I didn't, I was never a serious collector, but I would kind of, like, I remember, like, you know, like, the late 80s and the early 90s, like going to antique malls and like trying to get you know various collectibles and stuff like that and when heir to the empire came out um you know the first of the thrawn books i remember seeing it like in a bookstore in a mall which even that just makes me feel old because like no one ever goes to a mall so, like, into, like there's no bookstores in malls anymore but like and i just completely flipped out that like there was new star wars content like oh my god like you know this is the best thing that's ever happened um did that and good I, but feeling I, I, continue through the yeah, no, Well, so I, I did not read a ton of the Extended Universe books. Like, I read those first three and really enjoyed them, and I had that. Um, I did like the prequels. Like, I, I have a, like, I overall, I like the prequels. Like, I really like Star Wars so much that I'm yeah. very forgiving of a lot of things that I'm not forgiving about in other movies. 
Um, So I have issues with the prequels, for sure. But overall, I'm happy to watch them pretty much any time, you know, that they're on. Um, But I think that... Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. My my fandom kind of went into, like, you know, as I got older and, like, you know, there wasn't as much content. And, you know, I I actually worked for Lucasfilm in the film archives briefly. Really? Wait a minute. That is amazing. Wait a minute. Hang (laughs) on. Hit the brakes. You worked (laughs) in the archive of Lucasfilm. So I was a film studies major in college, and I ended up getting a film preservation certificate from the George Eastman House for film preservation, and I worked in that kind of world in Los Angeles for several years. I ended up moving to the Bay Area um, because I was trying to figure out if I should marry my now husband or not, and the answer was yes. (laughs) But he lived in the Bay Area, (laughs) yeah. But, um, and I was up there and I ended, they had a short-term contract job at Skywalker Ranch in the Lucasfilm Film Archive. And even though it didn't pay well, and it was, I think that my commute was an hour and 40 minutes each way. Oh, girl. Um, Like, it was, like, ridiculous. Like, and (laughs) I think that, like, I used to joke, yeah, it was totally worth it. And I, but I used to work with my husband, or he was my, you know, boyfriend at the time. We used to joke that, like, I don't even think I made any money on that job from, like, the gas and, like, the tolls over the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, I mean, it was, like, literally ridiculous. As someone uh, who now drives over the Golden Gate Bridge every day, I feel you. It is expensive. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, it was it was extremely it was a weird kind of experience because the archive had it had all the props and all the stuff upstairs, and then the film archive. Like there was one guy that like you know super great guy who he's no longer there, but he was there for several years. Like it was like the film archive was me and this other guy who was always there, and so it was just very film archives can be very isolating. And so I didn't get to meet a lot of people while I was there. I think I was there like maybe nine or ten months. Um, but it was right before I left and then moved to Colorado right before Revenge of the Sith came out. Um, oh. And I feel like after that kind of happened, uh, my kind of Star Wars fandom went down a little bit. Like, I wasn't really, like, I didn't watch The Clone Wars when it first came out. Um, I caught up on that all kind of much later. But it was when I was watching some of the streams from Celebration from The Force Awakens, like that, that Anaheim Star Wars Celebration, that I feel like it all just kind of, it all came back. Yeah. That was an awesome celebration. Yeah, I mean, it was fun just to even, you know, just watch from home. And I was just like, you know, like, I always thought that I would watch The Clone Wars when my kids wanted to watch it, but my kids don't want to watch it. And, like, I'm just going to watch it, you know? And then I really, you know, I really liked it. And I think that, you know, for me, it's kind of, you know, Star Wars always just keeps you young, and I feel like it keeps me yep. young. Uh what, so what then a it tragedy, just snowballed though. from there. What your children do not like Star Wars. How did My that da- happen? I have, I have a 10-year-old daughter and she really does not like Star Wars and she feels very very strongly about it. That's my nightmare. That's it oh bothers me a lot. It is my nightmare. I have tried so many things and I think that part of me is like you know maybe in a year or two I'm going to like slip a copy of the book Lost Stars from Claudia Gray. Yes! We should just, but okay, like... we should just never have a guest again because how are we going to top this? Like... <laughs> you guys have to I explain have a... your, your guys' Oh you know... my god, like Lost Stars is is my bread and butter. It gets brought up every episode without fail. Yep. It's so good. Like, it's so, and so I'm hoping, like, I mean, I was hoping that Ray would be enough, um, but she really just doesn't like she doesn't like movies where people are fighting That's like and fair. she doesn't like battles and she, yeah it is and so like it's just not her thing and so i'm like she's a rebel she doesn't like it 
Like, I'm just going to, like, leave, you know, I don't want to pressure her because, like, that's just going to go the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, let her keep her um, innocence for now. Maybe she'll yeah. grow into <laughs> accepting the violence and whatnot. My son is happy to see Star Wars movies, but he's much more into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Minecraft. Um, and so, so yeah, I basically, like, you know, it's a joke where I'll, like, I'll buy my son a Star Wars toy and it's basically for me. It's for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, like, it doesn't make him mad. Like, I get my daughter a Star Wars toy and she, like, rolls her eyes at me and is like, oh, my, you know, come on. You know? There you go. There's an advantage. <laughs> so it's funny. my nightmare to have kids that don't like Star Wars, but that's a good point. You just buy them the gifts and you keep them yourselves. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Good, no, one good want, no one wants to fight you for your time. Well, I guess if you don't want your birthday party. I might as well keep it myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's a few more I got you. I'll keep those too. Mitten package, you know. <laughs> and they buy me Star Wars toys, which is great. Like, I am easy to buy for because they can just get me any Star Wars Funko Pop and they know that that yep. will make me happy. That's nice. awesome. So how did you transition um, into starting to write for Star Wars and your blog and all that cool stuff? Well, I started, uh, so I was a stay-at-home mom, like, and I wanted to be, like, I, that was, like, my choice. Like, you know, I was very excited to be a stay-at-home mom, like, for several years. And then when my children were getting kind of older, I wanted to kind of go back to work, but kind of not. Like, I wanted to be there, but, like, not actually go into an office. Um, and so I started writing just kind of like, you know, just to kind of itch some sort of creative, you know, need inside of me. Yeah. And I really liked it. And I liked that I started doing a lot of different freelance work that I did from home, uh, working part time. And then it just kind of went on from there. And I kind of just started setting myself goals. Like, you know, what would be great is writing for starwars.com. Like, how can I figure that out? And you know, I just had a whole bunch of supportive people, uh, kind of, you know, who I met early on who kind of helped me get there. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, and then going into your project here, your 360 days of Star Wars one, what, what, uh, spawned that idea? What made you want to try doing the crazy task of writing 365 articles <laughs> in a I year it, it did not start off like that like i i wanted to set a goal for 2018 that i wanted to write more consistently uh-huh. because i was always putting off writing especially writing that i cared about to be like whenever i had free time and i never really ha- no one ever has you know yep. everyone's busy like no one has free time like i always like put everything else in front of that and so the original idea was just to do a Twitter shout out, like just a tweet every day of like a woman in Star Wars with the picture and just like a little bit of information. And then when I was talking to people about it, like they were like, you should have a website. I think it was my husband who was like, you should have a website. And like, this was December 28th. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and like, you know, and he's like, you should have a website. Like, like, and I was talking cause I was with a whole bunch of family around Christmas and New Year's. And I was like, no, that would be good. Like it wouldn't take me very much time. Like I could just do a quick little thing. Um, and so I basically decided to do it and like that it would be good for me to do something where I, I really need deadlines when I write. And so I was like, if I have to do something every day, which is, it's too much. Like, I mean, it is really like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what did I get myself into? But, um, but I basically, I wanted to do something where I was writing. I wanted to do about Star Wars. I had done a series and I'm still doing a series for fangirl blog where I go through all of the movies and take screenshots of every single woman, like from the smallest role to the biggest role and kind of document all the women that were in there. Just cause I was kind of curious at the beginning, like if I go through the original trilogy, like are there a lot of women in the background that I just haven't noticed? 
and you know not really I was gonna say that, <laughs> that, like, that answer is no not right? really like yeah. the answer is no like but I feel like now very confident where I'm like you know like when I talk about like where women are and where women aren't I'm like no no no, no. like I really really looked for you know them um, Which is so insane when you think of the first film and then the most recent one. I feel like all I saw was women in the recent one. Background characters, pilots, constantly. There was a ton of women. That would be a much harder project for the newest film, I would imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, now it's nice because I'm now I'm like, I can't even have, like, I mean, with, with the first few films and even some of the prequels, you can pretty much, like, here's a screenshot of literally every single woman. Except for, like, maybe, like, a scene, like, in the club, like, in Attack of the Clones, or, like, in the right. opera scene. Like, you know, like, they, like then I would just take a couple of sample ones. But but now it really is, like, there's just too many of them, and that's great. That's yeah. exactly the problem that I wanted. Um, <laughs> that's the problem I wanted to have. Um, and for the 365 degrees, I mean, not degrees of Star Wars, 365 <laughs> degrees of Star Wars women, um, I also just wanted to do something that was pretty positive. Um, mm-hmm. Because I felt like the end of December was right when, like, it seemed like there was like this firestorm of people arguing about the Last Jedi and all of this stuff. And like, yeah. I just, I, I don't care if anyone likes the Last Jedi. Like, I don't care if anyone likes Rebels. Like, I feel like if you like it, if you don't, like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, and so like I like I feel like this was my way of kind of being a part of Star Wars fandom and just not being a part of that (laughs) you know trying to just kind of have something that was inherently kind of just positive like here are all these characters like here are all the different things they were in like awesome hopefully other people want to you know to see it (laughs) i love that because because we try to be very positive around here um i think the only time we're really negative is when we're like you didn't like the last jedi get out of (laughs) here but uh i i love that i love that uh, you tried to do something positive, and so far you're on day 43. My girl Depa Bilaba, I love her, uh, and it, you're still going. Are you going to be able to fill all 365 days? You think? I think I definitely know that I can. I mean, because especially because I I want to incorporate more and more the women that worked behind the scenes of the movies. I love that. Um, like I feel like there's a lot of kind of hidden history. Um, that, you know, and I wish I had more time to work on this. Like, I really, like, I feel like I'm kind of racing to kind of keep up. And But I have a spreadsheet of 365 days that is almost filled up. But, I was like, going to ask. Kind of, I'm, like, I'm always, like, working on it because um, I want to mix it up because I have kind of, like, I, like, this is kind of a theme week where I'm doing, like, women who are on the Jedi High Council during the prequels. Like, I have, like, five, like, five of them are coming in a row. But for the most part, I want to mix it up between canon and legends and comics and actresses and all of that like I feel like it's kind of more interesting to read if you mix it up like that Mm -hmm. um but I definitely know that I do have enough I think I'm gonna have more than enough which is great like that is you know I think that's really cool I I like the idea of you covering you know not just the characters because uh personally and maybe it's just my fault because I'm a white dude I I (laughs) seem to like I get very caught up like thinking about like yeah like the women in the actual canon, but I don't ever really think about that often, like the women maybe behind the camera or like behind the pencil or the keyboard as much. And then I I feel like your website actually made me think about that. I was like, oh yeah, there's probably a ton of women that I know nothing about that worked on these movies and these comics and this universe that I love that filled it with their passion and their creativity. And I, I didn't really think about that that much. Yeah, what um, gave you the idea to to open that up and to was that always the plan from the beginning to do both characters and creatives? It kind of was because I was pretty sure from the work I'd done, like breaking down most of the movies, that there were not 
365 female characters in the movies. Fair enough. Um, and I didn't know, like, if I added in the Clone Wars and Rebels, like, I was like, I still don't really think that that's enough. And so I was like, well, I could do actresses, because I was like, I have to have Carrie Fisher in there. Because, like, come on. Like, you know, like, of course. Um, but then when I just started thinking about it, and, like, you know, writers wasn't, I wasn't initially, like, thinking about writers, but then I'm like, well, why wouldn't I have writers? Of course I would. Like, if I'm going to have people who are, like, doing the editors or, like, in costume, like, why, you know, of course I'm going to have writers. Um, and then, you know, I want to open it up even more to, like, have some people, like, I've reached out to a few people about doing some interviews, um... And, like, there's a woman who works for Lucasfilm Press and, like, Marvel who have said that they, you know, well, I, I can interview them. And awesome. I think just really, you know, opening it up to, like, anyone who is impacting the Star Wars universe in any way. Like, like there's a woman who I'm interviewing who, uh, you know, is, like, a well-known cosplayer. Like, I think that all of it counts. Yeah. You know, like, and, like, I had a whole bunch of people at the very beginning. Like, the, that first post that I think I went out, like, the on New Year's Eve, it was ridiculous how much that got shared around compared to like my regular stuff that doesn't get shared around at all. <laughs> you know, like, and so like, it was really like, I was completely blown away, like by how much people were seeing that interacting it. And, but like the number one thing that people were like, are you doing legends? Are you doing legends? Are you doing legends? And I'm like, well, of course I am. Um, but it, you know, I don't know legends very well. And so I'm constantly concerned, you know, when I hit like the publish button or I tweet something out, like, a lot of these people I'm not very familiar with, like people yeah. who write comics, people who are in this show, people who are in that comic book that I have never read any of it in. And so I'm trying to, you know, I want to make sure that like the information I put out there is correct. Uh, but like, it is a little nerve wracking sometimes because like, I think of myself as a lifelong hardcore Star Wars fan, but you know, no one reads everything. Well, maybe some people read everything, but you know, like, I mean, few people know, have, you know, taken in everything that Star Wars has given, you know, the world in the last 40 years. For sure. Uh, so, I mean, it's been fascinating for me just to learn it as well. Like I'm learning it as I'm writing it. Well, I was going to ask, uh, in terms of, I guess it could be a character or I'm kind of more curious about behind the scenes. Do you have an example of someone we might not know about right off the top of our heads? Any stories that you found interesting that you could share real quick? Well, I had no idea that two women were the editors for The Force Awakens. Mm. Uh, I just, you know, I think maybe I had heard it, maybe I, maybe I had not. But they were kind of an interesting team because they work together a lot, but then they also work on their own different projects. They're coming back for Episode Nine. Awesome. Um, so I thought that, that was interesting. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's a Stormtrooper reference book that came out at the end of last year. Alex, do um, you know Stormtrooper it, reference like Adam book? Adam Ray is... Hmm. Yeah, Adam Bray is one of the authors, but there were a couple other authors, and I think I think Stormtrooper is just in the title of the book, but that book is crazy because I didn't really know what to expect with I, like I've used this project as an excuse to buy like every Star Wars reference book you can imagine <laughs> because I love those books. Like if I had like my dream is to someday write a Star Wars reference book. Like I just. I adore them. I love reading them. I love looking at them, like, and just, like, you know, browsing through. But the Stormtrooper one is much more of, like, a history. Like, it is, it's not, like, little blurbs here and there. Like, it is a history of Stormtroopers in Star Wars. And I haven't had a chance to read a ton of it. But they're, you know, one of the women that did the, the first sculpt of a Stormtrooper helmet was a woman. Like, and, you know, I'd never heard her name. Like, I don't even know if she, like, has a credit. 
Um, like I, you know, when you look through the credits of the original trilogy, like it's really, really hard to find a woman in there, except for a couple, you know, of examples. But I'm like, oh, like you know, I would love to know more about their story. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wish I had the time to kind of delve into all of this a little bit, especially in that more. industry in that time. Like, uh, it, it's it's so fascinating though, comparing it to now. And you're saying that people are reacting really positively, and and people who are currently, you gotta assume. I mean, you just said two editors of Force Awakens. There's a lot more women involved in the credits now. I mean, obviously not parody like you would you would hope, but um a ton of people creatively and I feel like we're seeing that in the work um do you do you think that that's what's having a, the biggest influence on in all these films um having such strong females are, are there more females behind the camera well what's interesting it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic because there are a lot of really amazing women who are in producer roles for Lucasfilm like in the films and the tvs there's a ton of women in Star Wars publishing, from what I can tell. Um, but, like, that hasn't translated to directors, and for the most part, it hasn't translated into writers. And what's interesting is that with the writers, at one point I looked at the credits for the Clone Wars TV show and Star Wars Rebels, and I was like, well, surely I'll find some female directors and more female writers here. And I didn't. Wow. Like, I, like, there were a couple of writers, like, I think there's two that I found that were in Star Wars Rebels, and maybe, like, there were a couple more, like, in The Clone Wars, but I don't think that any women have directed anything Star Wars, like, like literally whatsoever. And I was like, huh, like, I, I never really thought about that. Um, and I feel like it's hard to know exactly what is going on, like, in a company. Like, I don't really like to try to quarterback, you know, Monday morning quarterback sure. companies and see everything that's going on. Like, I know that there are a lot of interesting women, like, in the story group, and I think that, you know, it's definitely, like, I know that there was this huge reaction, and I'm sure you guys will talk about this later, with, like, the Game of Thrones news, like, you know, like, where are the female directors, where are the female directors? Right. And, I was just going to ask you about that, because, yeah, yeah there, there, there did seem to be a bit, excuse me, a bit of an outcry um, that it was just more white dudes, especially like the Game of Thrones guys. And I love Game of Thrones love as much as the next person. Yeah. But at the same time, when that news got announced, I was like, really? Th those guys? And, and like, real quick, like obviously Game of Thrones taken as a whole is going to turn out to be this big feminist stomp you in the face statement. Like obviously it started as hell for women, but now they're like kicking butt so as far as their problems as but i think that for, for me my initial thing is love the game of thrones guys why can't we just give them one why are we giving these huge franchises to these samey dudes um it isn't like i mean i also really like the game of thrones and so for me it was kind of two separate issues it's like i know that there are people who don't like game of thrones and don't like what they've done in the past and so have concerns about that and then there are people who, do, you know, and then there's the issue of, like, do you want, like, more people of color and more women, you know, as directors? And for me, I, I, I really have those separated. Um, I would definitely like women, you know, to be directors. Um, I think it will happen. Uh, I, I don't think that Star Wars is any different than Hollywood in general. Um, I think that the thing is, is that people love Star Wars so much. People want so much from Star Wars that it literally is just, you know the thing that you love, you want it to be the best. And like, I think that, you know, a lot of people just think that, you know, the more diverse people behind the scenes, the more diverse it will, na that will naturally translate into more diversity on the screen. And that is a great thing. 
Um, and so I, I, you know, maybe I'm just an optimist, but I, I do think it will happen. I like the optimism. I think the optimism is warranted. Um, you know, it's so hard when you're talking about bringing in people for really prestigious roles. It's tough because people are like, oh, well, can you name names of women who have done something of this caliber? And you're like, well, that's the problem. <laughs> like, you know, you have to get a couple credits, but there are plenty of female directors out there who could absolutely take this on. Um, I'm curious, though, uh, what you think about the characters that have been in the series from start to finish. For me, like, even early on, even though there was maybe a ton of underrepresentation, I'm always really happy that there was not a lot of misrepresentation. Um, there's not a lot of over-sexualized women running around in this universe. There's not a lot of, you know, obviously they're not there in the in the original trilogy, but there's not a lot of subservient roles for women. You know, it's, it, it, you know, right. Slave Leia. But there's not... <laughs> You know, women are treated pretty well in the society. You don't get a sense of sexism in the world, um, which I've always been really proud of, where you can kind of see that happening in other in other worlds. But clearly, now we're moving to a place where women are becoming the the, the heroes in additional in addition to being decent characters. Um, and I don't really know if there's a question here other than your thoughts. No, I think it's interesting because, like, when I looked at the prequels, I was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, there's all these female Jedi. Like, that's awesome. But then when you watch it, you're like, oh, they don't say anything. Yeah. Like, not anything at all. Like, I could, like, for some of them, like, it was hard to even get, like, a good screenshot of them. Because, yeah. like, basically they were just there. And, like, there were plenty of male Jedi who were also like that. But then you also had Blue Clune, and you had yeah. Mace Windu, and you had Obi-Wan, you had Yoda, like, you had all of these. You know, you had all this stuff, too. And so I was kind of like, huh, like, that's kind of a bummer. And then you're like, well, like, if you watch the Clone Wars TV show, like, a lot of those female Jedi, like, had all kinds of awesome things that they were doing. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, I really, I think that most Star Wars fans are film-only fans. Mm. And I think that it's important for Star Wars going forward to always keep in mind that there are a lot of people who are only ever going to watch the films. And so, like, it's important to... You know, to make sure that what you're, you know, what you're doing isn't, like, you, do, you don't just save the, you know, the LGBT characters for the books and the comics. Right. Like, you also have them, you know, in the, in, the, in the movies. And what I thought was interesting when looking back at The Force Awakens is that there's tons of women in the Resistance in the background of, like, these scenes where Leia is, you know, has a take charge role and like, all of that. But, like, the women in the background, for the most part, weren't speaking like, they weren't kind of, like, the number two kind of people. It was, like, there was Leia, and then there was women in the background, and then all the other supporting people were men. And The Last Jedi, like, I think that that was what was so yeah, interesting. Is it like, I don't think that my seven-year-old son thought that that was noticeable, that there were so many women <laughs> in high-powered roles. Like, I don't think that, like, you know, I showed my son, you know, one of the half-hour things of Forces of Destiny, and I don't think that he ever noticed that there weren't as many boys as girls yeah like characters like he just thought it was awesome like and like could I see some more <laughs> you know like uh but I think that you know seeing The Last Jedi for me I was just like whoa like look at all these women like this is great you yeah. know like they're they're having conversations yeah like there are some women that are friends there are sisters like yes a sister and like my sister and I were texting each other and, like they were like there are Star Wars sisters in their lives like this is like like these small little things that yes. like you just don't think of and you know when you see like people who you know when who look at, you know, Paige and Rose and just, like, you know, like, look on the screen and just burst into tears because they've never seen themselves on screen. Like, that is extremely powerful and just something that is 
so delightful. And I think that that kind of, it made me sad. Like, I think that, like, if you want to criticize a film or a company's decision, like, I'm all for thoughtful analytical mm. criticism or just not even liking it just like if you just don't like it like yeah. the only thing I don't like is when people take it personally and just attack people and stuff like that like I don't get that or like you know people who are like tweeting Ryan Johnson about you know you ruined like Luke Skywalker like why would you do that like if you want to think that that's fine but like why are you putting it on well there's become <laughs> yeah like, there's this confluence of like opinion being fact that's taken place like the way that you feel about something is the way that it is for everyone and shall be and people need to take a few steps back especially because this is such a i think a watershed moment for like women in a huge blockbuster you know you had was it billy lord had maybe the first words going on i think what, she is yeah. the first speaking role in the entire movie yeah. and then you had you know the sister there like having that amazing scene where she you know sacrifices herself and i mean kind of to to save the day and then you had you know there was just so much it, it honestly blew my mind a little bit and you know i, I in such a good way. <laughs> no, it was great. And it's, you know, it's like you want to see, you know, women want to see female villains. And we want to see people who, you know, women who aren't like super likable. Like yep. we want to see all kinds of women. Like I think that, you know, we don't want to just see like one or two kinds of, you know, of characters. Like we want to see all different kinds of characters. And like I really like Jin because like from Rogue One and I like there were a lot of people who you know, have kind of mixed reactions to her, but, like, I kind of like that, like, she didn't want to immediately join the rebels. Like, she was basically like, no, I'm living my life, you know, like, I mean, because, like, I feel like in a lot of other things, it was, like, there are people on the good side, and there are people on the bad side, and then there's people in the background that we don't know anything about, but, like, this was someone who was, like, you know, clearly a big character who, at the beginning, was like, yeah, no, you know, like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to be part of this fight, Um, and she wasn't, like, like, I mean, Ray was incredibly likable to me, at least. Right. Right from the beginning. Like, she's delightful. She's good. She's she has this wonderful. naive girl next door kind of thing going on. Yeah, I mean, she's just extremely, like, there's nothing to not like about her, like, when you when you first are introduced to her. And I feel like it's, it's nice to also have characters that are not like that. Like, characters who make the wrong decisions and... You know, like Laura Dern, like maybe she doesn't want to tell you, yeah. like Poe, like because she yeah. doesn't want to, you know, like, <laughs> and she doesn't need to, right? That's gonna have to be okay. Yep, totally, absolutely. I had to. I was checking to see if my dog had to go to the bathroom, but I was listening in, and I was mad because I wasn't near the mic, and I couldn't yell "girl next ad at." <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, just real quick on Jin. Yeah, I've I've heard the same thing about um, you know the different relationships and the representation of different relationships. You mentioned sisters. I have a friend Sterling, our super fan, um, who really connected to Jin because was that Josh Schilling Sterling from the back? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sterling really loved Jin because it was a father daughter story, and that's something that she hadn't seen represented, like you know, yeah. in the Star Wars universe. So. You know, it, it does, and it has a really powerful emotional effect sometimes. I've said it on the on the podcast before. This isn't a Star Wars thing, but when I saw Wonder Woman during the No Man's Land scene, like, I involuntarily started crying. Like, there is this overwhelming emotion that comes from, I don't know, this misrepresentation. Kind of like filling a hole you didn't even know you had, which sounds weird, but you know What's what funny means. about Wonder Woman is I remember when I, I saw it, like, maybe, like, one week after it had been out. 
and people were saying, you know, online about how they were, you know, bursting into tears, like, watching it. And I remember, like, really liking the Linda Carter Wonder Woman TV show. Like, ah. I thought that she was, like, great. Like, that was awesome. I watched it after school. But I was never, like, some sort of huge, I mean, I watched, like, Justice League, you know, cartoons. But, like, I was never some huge Wonder Woman fan. But I was very excited to see this movie. And I'm a huge crier just in general. Like, I'm, I'm big, like, just, like, I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. Like, dog commercials, just, babies. Yeah, and, like, yeah. So, but I was just like, huh, like, I just don't feel like when I see Wonder Woman, like, that that's going to make me cry. Like, I think that that's very interesting. Like, it's I, I felt like it was awesome that people were having, anytime people have, like, emotions, I think it's great, basically. Like, as long as they're happy emotions, you know. And the cry happy is, like, one of the best emotions, I feel like. But I was like, that's really interesting. And then she walked up that ladder and I just, it was like, you, you I just completely oh. started blubbering, like, in, like, and I, like, you know, almost, like, I had to catch my breath, and my husband was like, right? what the hell? Like, and I was just like, and, you know, it really was, like. It's overwhelming. It's, I, I didn't yeah, know we were going to go with that, and I was kind of curious if you were going to, but that that's so funny that you weren't expecting it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and I got to imagine that for people who are, represented even less than women that it's got to be so exciting to see like minority women in star wars um, minority men in star wars like you know it's 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 a big you know galaxy out there and there's room for everyone so i know i know and i really hope with solo that tandy newton's character is like a big character and it's like a really (gasps) cool character because i love her love her um and so like i don't care if she's you know from the comics or from the like a character from the books or the character of the comics like i just want her to be awesome like because she looks awesome (laughs) which is not so surprised because she's tandy newton she's but amazing uh, she should be sana solo though that's pretty much yes (laughs) i hope so I hope so because that would be really really cool. I love all of the connections. Like I don't think that there's any. I know some people think it's like fan service, or some people think they're overdoing it. But like I love it all. Like I was like, throw me any connection. Yes, service me. I'm gonna take it. I'm a fan. Why not? Like yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Any other women? How about you boys? Any other women in Star Wars questions for our women in Star Wars guest? (sighs) Well, I just wanted to ask and. Amy, if she, how she felt uh, about the impact of characters like, well, Ray and like Ahsoka and stuff, and if she, if I obviously your daughter um, is not a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm I'm curious because you've been around the block so long. Do you do you actually sense like a palpable change? Like, do you think do you feel like there are little girls getting into Star Wars now? Uh, well, I know that there are because I see like so many people I follow like on Twitter and stuff like that. Like I know that they like I've seen their daughters and I see that they're into it and they're clearly into it not just because their parents are into it. Like they, you know, like because you know I feel like you can just kind of you know tell from the the expression of the children, you know. But um, my daughter's not into it. I always am asking her if like her other friends are into it. Like she doesn't seem to like have any friends that are into Star Wars. I'm always looking for it. <laughs> and she's but, like, like Mom, my neighbor- why are you asking about my friends in Star Wars again? I know. She's You're like, so why are you weird. being weird? Like, why are you being weird? I'm like, well, I'm just curious. But like my next door neighbor, like they have three daughters and like one of them like got super into um, the Clone Wars. And so I'm like, here, like, and I was like giving her all of this information. I was like a drug pusher, basically like, look at this, like, isn't this awesome? Um, I do think that it is, it's not become like when I grew up, I definitely felt like I was the only girl that liked Star Wars. Like it's such a cliche yeah. to say that, but like, I really felt that way because that's how it really, really seemed. Um, 
And with Ahsoka, like, I like Ahsoka. Like, I don't have the connection that I know a lot of people have to her. Like, I know a lot of people, like, that is their favorite female character. Or their just favorite character, just in general, like, is Ahsoka. Like, I think it's a great character. I like where that character has gone. Um, I, so I think that, that she's a really important character, but she wasn't, like, personally important to me. Who's your favorite? Um, but, so, I mean, Leia is my favorite because I grew up, like, Leia, Leia was the hero, like, that I grew up with that I always kind of wanted to be like. Carrie Fisher, I think, is just, I mean, when I was just, you know, it, it's going to it's gonna make me cry just thinking about her. Mm. Uh, like, I, she was just an important person to me, like, in my life. I read all of her stuff. Like, I thought she was so great. Um, she was going to come to Denver Comic Con, which is the con that is closest to me, and then she couldn't because she had to do other shooting for The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, like, I missed her. Um, but for Rey, like, I really do love Rey quite a bit. And that moment when, here's another me bursting into yep. tears in yep. the movie theater moment, when she grabbed that lightsaber. lightsaber. Like, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm like a walking cliche right now, but like... That was the moment that I had dreamed about since I was 10 years old. Yep. Like, that was it on screen. Like, and I think that I know that there had been, you know, there had been Ahsoka and there'd been, you know, like other people back there. But like, I think maybe just because it was seeing it in a movie theater as well. Mm -hmm. um, just like, but because she had like the story of like, she came from nowhere and she was, you know, her life was very ordinary and like there wasn't anything special about her and like no one was paying attention you know, no one was being nice to her. Like, she was all alone. And then just, I, I was not like that, like, when I was growing up. But, you know, uh, like, just being then burst into this world and, like, getting that, you know, lightsaber, like, that just was, that was extremely powerful for me. Um, and I was very sad that my daughter did not take it that way <laughs> when she saw it. <laughs> but well, maybe that's okay. a good thing. She lives in a world where maybe she's already gotten that affirmation, hopefully yeah, from no, you or something. But yeah, she seems pretty happy. So you know, I'm, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll hear you. I, I think Ray will always be someone very, very special for me because yeah, that moment, like it was that same Wonder Woman type moment, but it was even deeper because it was Star Wars, and I just oh yeah, there was just tears streaming down my face. Um, yeah, it was it. We hadn't seen that. Like, we hadn't really seen that. We'd seen, yeah, the the Jedi woman in the prequels, but a character that we cared about on, you know, live-action film, wielding a lightsaber. Yeah, and I just think that, like, I, I am a big fan of the sequel trilogy. Like, I, so far, like, I like Rey, I like Finn, I like Poe, yep. like, I like Kylo. Like, I mean, you know, I like and I hate Kylo, whatever. But, you know, like, you know I have all kinds of mixed feelings about Kylo. But, uh, like, I think that they've done a really good job uh, creating characters that I care about, you know, just as much as the original um, characters. And can I say real quick, I feel like... With Ray, and get correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, because I've been kind of staying off the Twitters, but people are good on Ray. As much as there's so much hate, and there's a lot of, like, she's too strong for some reason, um, I think, in general, people are enjoying that character. Am I wrong? I think yeah, so. I think so, that yeah. the biggest thing has been who her who parents were, but I don't think that has anything to do with her character. I think, I think The Last Jedi turned people's focuses towards even dumber issues that they had with the with the saga just just putting it well, up, I, but I mean, honestly I yeah think i mean lately ray i mean yeah she kind of had like a i don't I, I never understood why people bagged on her so much i think it was just people felt uncomfortable with having a female lead in star wars cause it was something that had never been done i mean you had it in books here and there but 
I, th I think now with you know, again with all the the how how polarizing the Last Jedi was, it's pulled people's you know petty comments away from that and moved it towards other things. Can I just yeah, no I go ahead yeah I think that with with Ray I think that. I'm sure that there are people who don't like her. I think that the, the thing that I've heard the most is from people who wish that she was even more a focus of The Last Jedi and are concerned that it's going to kind of turn into Kylo's story. Um, mm. and I, I think of it as kind of like that that Rey and Kylo Ren are kind of dual yep. protagonists. Two sides yep. of the same coin. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think that you can, like, when I kind of look back to the original trilogy, like, part of me is like, especially because of the, the, you know, the prequels and all of the backstory and stuff like that. Like, I think of it more as, like, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader's story. Yep. Like, not just Luke Skywalker's story. Um, but I always, like, I always loved Leia the most. And, like, it was not, like, clearly it wasn't her story. And, like, I really, like, I care quite a bit about, like, what happens to Finn and Poe. And now Rose. <laughs> yeah, they, Star Wars does a good job of expanding. I mean, and, and if you... I feel like anybody who had issues with the recent one really needs to go back and watch Empire like eight times because all the same stuff happens. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh... <laughs> one of my favorite things now, like just because we're talking about Last Last Jedi for yeah. some reason, uh, is looking back at all of the reviews and the comments about Empire Strikes Back because it's all people saying like, "There's no character development," and like, <laughs> "Like this is dumb and that's stupid." But now you'd be hard pressed to find any Star Wars fan that that will talk crap about Empire. And I think eventually we'll get to a point. Well, we've gotten yeah, to I the mean, point. It, that's the case with us. We've gotten to the point to where people are like, "Oh man, these are the worst movies ever." And I'm like, you know, ten years ago, you were saying the same thing about the prequels, and now all of a sudden you love them. We also need to separate again because we said like also you know, Transformers exists. Yes, <laughs> highly polarizing film. We're calling we're calling Last Jedi a highly polarizing film. It's not if you look at the people who know what they're talking about. Everything is polarizing today. But oh yeah, it, everybody loved the film. The film. all of the casual fans that I know, like in like I, I I do not have like super geeky Star Wars friends, which is sad, but uh, I don't. Uh, my husband likes Star Wars quite a bit, but he is like, oh my gosh, like I saw it, like I don't need to see it again. You know, it was great. Um, and I'm like, well, I do. Uh, but I think that most of the casual fans that I know, I actually don't know any casual fans who haven't liked it. I'm sure that they exist. I'm sure that they're there. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was weird to me is that, like, when people were upset about the whole, like, great parent thing or, like, this no backstory or or a lot of the stuff, like, I mean, it's fine. Like, it again, like, if you don't like it, it's fine. Like, there is a large part of me that doesn't care, like, which is no offense to anyone, but, like, I just feel like I can't take on, you know, like, no one should take on well, what other people feel like about movies. Well, you know, like, that's just too much. It's so strange, because it's like, who goes around and just talks constantly about the things they don't like? like it, is, it is kind of, yeah. No, I mean, I think that, like, if you like something so much, like, then I think that there was, like, a venting that, you know, like, I kind of understood at the very beginning, but for me, like, I had no problem with the Ray parent issue, like, I did not, I was not invested really in any way. I felt like there were a lot of things they could do that would be interesting. But what I always come back to is it is the second movie of a clear mm -hmm. trilogy. Yeah. And, like, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if Phasma comes back. I like, hope so. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. Like, and I, I, I feel like, you know, people seem to get so irritated if you even mention Phasma coming back. Some some people. Like, you know, in episode nine, they're like, oh, well, like, well, like, she almost died in, like, you know, The Force Awakens, and she almost died in The Last Jedi. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, to me, I'm like, she got thrown in garbage, like, and she had to get out pretty quickly to get out, you know, like, but I was like, I never thought she was not going to make it. Like, like, did anyone actually think that? I was like, she's totally coming back. She's fine. <laughs> do people not she's watch like, fun movies? Of no, I know. And I'm like, it, you know, like, like of course you're going to bring back people. Like, you know, and so I, I'm just 
crazy, crazy forgiving with Star Wars, and I will say that. Like, that is just who I am. Like, I want to like it, and so, like, it would have to be really, really bad. Like, there are some parts of the prequels that, like, I don't, like, that make me cringe. Um, Is it Anakin and Padme? You can say it's Anakin and Padme. So it's the the dialogue. (laughs) My biggest problems with with the prequels are the dialogue... And I don't think that uh, Jar Jar should have spoken out loud. I think that Jar Jar would have worked much better if he spoke in an alien language or was... Oh, yeah, totally. I feel like that actually... I feel like doing the whole kind of, like, big physical comedy thing and then have, like, the way he was talking, I feel like that was... That did not work for me. Uh, but, I mean, and, you know, there's there's a couple other things about the prequels. But, like, I, overall, I really, like, I'm happy to watch them. I like parts of it a lot. Like, I love certain parts of them. Uh, and so for me, I'm like, even if there's one section of a Star Wars movie that I love, like, I'm going to go with that and not, like, pick it apart to death. Because that's just not fun well, for me. Well, going full circle back to our topic then here, do you feel, since you've been a fan, um, do you feel it is, like, a renewed excitement? Like, because there are so many female, like, people into it, making it on screen? Is, is this kind of evolution of women in Star Wars added, had a new layer for you recently? I think that I enjoyed The Last Jedi more because there were more women in it. Uh, But it's, like, I really, really liked Rogue One. Uh, And it did not have very many. It had Jin, which was great. And, like, there were a couple other, you know, women in supporting roles. Um, I think that it is smart to have a lot of content that will appeal to a whole variety of people. And I think that if they just had the same kind of stuff going on in every single movie, like, that would get boring. And I think that is the challenge of, like, if you're only going to hire white men to direct your films, like, that is kind of coming from the same background. Like, things are going to, you know, be repetitive. And so I think that mixing it up will be will be great. And I think that just making a movie where, you know, I think that it would seem really weird to people if, like, there was a movie, a Star Wars movie that had literally more women talking in it than men. Um, but, like, it shouldn't be weird. Right. <laughs> like, why, you know, like, why would it be weird? Like, it's just weird because we haven't seen you know we haven't seen stuff like that but I really look forward to the you know there being so many women in a Star Wars movie not being groundbreaking yeah yeah well said yeah all right well we're, we're actually running out of time as amazing as this conversation has been um but Amy if people want to find you and they want to find the 365 Star Wars Women Project where can they do that so it's the hashtag, oh, will I say it right? Hashtag 365 Star Wars Women. Uh, the website is 365daysofstarwarswomen.com. And then on Twitter, I am uh, Amy Rickow. So it's A-M-Y-R-I-C-H-A-U. Uh, but yeah, no, but like, you know, people should feel free to tweet me, uh, like the, who they want to see. Um, if they have other information about people I've put up, I'm always happy to, you know, add more information in. Uh, I really enjoy the feedback I've gotten from the project. I don't think I would have made it this long had I not received a lot of love from people. So I really, really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Right. Yeah, it was great. We loved having you on. It was amazing how you just kind of fit in, like, immediately. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to move on to the news and a creature of the week and all that. So we'll get on that uh, right now. Boom. I have good news for you, my lord. (laughs) 
Yo, everyone, it's time for the news. We're we're gonna do a little bit of a speed run through the news because, boy howdy, this is a long episode. Ooh-wee. Lucasfilm Story Group's Leland Chi confirms that more Star Wars Legends characters are returning soon. Mm. He went on Twitter where someone named Johnny Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> asked about whether uh, Legends characters would come back. Leland Chi responded, you wouldn't believe some of the Legends characters that will be cropping up in various media Ooh. in the coming months. Ooh. Hey, if Tag and Bink can show up, anything is possible with the A-N-Y capitalized. I don't know if that's like a wink to something, but I, I guess that confirms Tag and Bink are actually in Solo. I guess so. Sounds like it. Yeah. So that's cool. Very cool. More Legends characters. I wonder if they'll do uh, Mara Jade again, but if she'll be like totally different. So she's probably number one, right? Like in terms of people uh, that would want. I mean, they, yeah, I would say Thrawn was, but now Thrawn's back. So who knows? I don't know. I feel like Mara Jade had a bigger following. Is there Just anyone besides she... her? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, I think there's a lot, but I think. Uh... We need to have someone on to teach us about yeah. the expanded universe. We're a little. It we should try and get a. Uh, we should try and get Star Wars explained on here. He seems like a nice young man. And then, and then uh, the end of it will be it's not canon, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Solo, a Star Wars Stories official trailer arrives, which we actually did a full breakdown on both teaser and the normal trailer in the previous episode. So if you want to hear us talk about that, uh, go listen to that episode because we're not going to talk about it here. We liked it. I will it. say I liked it a lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> said I. Said I. And if you want to watch it a thousand times, just watch the Olympics on TV. Yeah, watch the Olympics. That's funny. Uh, the Last Jedi wins Best Movie for Grown Ups Award. Hey! <laughs> I love who, uh, who gave the award, too. That made my day. Yeah. Wait, what award is this? For Nickelodeon or something? Uh, no, it's... Where is it at? It says, the Hollywood, Report, Hollywood Reporter Report... God. That Star Wars The Last Jedi won Best Movie for Grown Ups at the 17th Annual AARP Award Show on oh. Monday night. Yeah. Mark Hamill and Kelly Marie Tran presented the award to director uh, Ryan Johnson, who also spoke with ET Online. Um, yeah, so it's like some AARP event. I don't know. That's they funny. know their movies. Yeah. Yeah, the AARP, they've seen a lot of movies they've, in their day. They've seen a lot of things. Yeah. It's true. They may not that. remember it all, but they've seen a lot I of things. I don't need to be mean to the old people. <laughs> no. They like our movie. Honestly, I'm glad. It, like, it makes me happy knowing that this kind of a movie can go as far back. Well, not far back. It, it's all age ranges, you know? From, you know, little kids that love watching this stuff all the way to our grandparents who, you know, probably saw the original films as teenagers not teenagers but adults <laughs> right. my times are off <laughs> you are little, you okay you little millennial they like people are listening to this being like gosh this kid all right i'm gonna go play next? with my fidget spinner i'm sorry i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm tired okay i i have to bring this up i know it's not news but come on google all right i typed in this is what i typed oh, in no. I typed in on Google <laughs> Star Wars creatures because I realized, oh, we need a creature of the week. Oh, we All right. Do you want to guess what two and three are? Because they're dumb. There's... First one, Ewoks. <laughs> Second, cat. <laughs> <laughs> third, third, bird. <laughs> Fourth, Tauntaun. And then fifth, 
droid. First of all, whoa, 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 droid. First of all, a droid. Yeah, a droid is not even a creature. Second of all, cats and birds don't exist in Star Wars. Wait, right, wind that back. Do cats and birds not exist in Star Wars? Lothcat? Yeah, but that's different. It has cat there's in the no name. There's no cat running around in the OG trilogy but just there's somewhere. No, you but have, there's no just like... No, you have the cat that fights Padme. What was the name of it? The Nexu? The cat that fights Padme? What are you talking about? <laughs> Give me a second. Hold on. Hold, oh, please. We are way off topic here now. All right, I'll keep going. Uh, you yes. keep looking that up, though, Alex. Last news story. Last news story. Yeah, then, uh, this sorry. is all from D23 in Japan. What were you going to say? Nexu is that giant cat thing that had, like, four eyes. It was in Geonosis. Oh, yeah! When she's attacked, she, like, does this really cool oh. jump and, and, like, kicks it in the gut. Oh, so the cat that looks like it's made out of that zebra gum. Yeah, that. Yes, thing. with the, like, crazy amount of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> zebra strike cat <laughs> what do we do could that be our creature yes that thing be yeah creature? we'll get there all right we'll do we'll, we'll circle back around to the Sold. to the the good thing about that though is that it probably runs out of energy real quick yeah it takes tons of naps damn it no one got that was joke. that a zebra gum not <laughs> yes. lasting very long joke yes i got it i did get it thank I, you becky all right <laughs> i know it was like kind of reaching but <laughs> i got it i'm here for all right. you let's keep going it's D23. God, this show. D23 uh, in in uh, Japan has been kicking off the last couple days, and uh, there was some more news about Galaxy's Edge and uh, the Star Wars-themed hotel. Ooh. Whew. The Star Wars-themed hotel features integration with Galaxy's Edge Park and promises Westworld-like experience. So no, a little don't. Bit, a little bit like we've experience. heard about. No, oh, I want that so much. Me this too. sounds amazing. Uh, uh, I'll just read the article from Star Wars News that, boy, have we got a vacation for you. The, the forthcoming Star Wars-themed hotel, uh, Disney World, won't launch until after its version of the Disneyland Park opens. But but from the sound of things, uh, they'll be bringing fans an even more immersive experience exploring the galaxy far, far away uh, than... Uh, God, Star, okay, Star Wars News that you guys got to sit down and, like... <laughs> have a talk about how to write these things because they do not they don't flow correctly here do you want me to read it off of starwars.com direct from the horse's mouth (sighs) yeah all right all right (laughs) today at d23 expo japan 2018 walt disney parks and resorts chairman bob chapik announced that the star wars themed hotel coming to walt disney world resort will be seamlessly connected to star wars galaxy's edge the upcoming star wars themed land at disney's hollywood studios from the moment the guests arrive at the hotel, Chapik said their journey through space will begin as everyone boards a starship and departs together for a multi-day Star Wars adventure. Uh, it hasn't been announced as to when it's opening, but they did say that uh, it's going to be an amazing attraction. It's pretty. The hotel is pretty much an attraction. Yeah. And it's uh, directly connected with Galaxy's Edge. Okay, so now I'm a little concerned. Are they gonna like hold me captive in some sort of interactive experience? For I mean, days? I'm sure. I'm sure if you're like, yo, I I need to leave. Like they'll let you leave. They can't keep you there. They'll probably just push out the airlock. Well, I kind of like this <laughs> idea. I feel like this is gonna weed out a lot of the week if you have to like commit to like a like a forty eight <laughs> yeah, hour no, no, but dinner that's, theater experience. Becky makes a really good point because I feel like there's probably be a lot of people who would want to stay one or two days just to say they were there versus I think like the three of us, we would be willing to commit an entire oh, yeah. 
vacation Month. just into this hotel. Yeah, I'm gonna wear all the garb and oh, hey. do all this well, stuff. So like, if you look oh, at the concept, if you look at the concept art on StarWars.com, it shows people in the different costumes. And my favorite is in the bottom left is this little girl dressed as a Twi'lek. With the whole, oh, with the, I never what with the lake. I never piece. saw that. And so, I'm really hoping that because they showed the little girl with this headpiece, that they create those and they sell them for kids to wear. Because I know it's, I know it's kind of a silly, silly thing, but I, I think it'd be really cool is if you could make something that kids could wear that makes them into an alien, not just a, a, you know a, speci- a specific character. You start introducing other species into the way you can dress up in Disneyland. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I would I like totally that. wear, you know, foam leku in Disneyland if they made it. <laughs> that's going to happen. Oh it, I, that's it, it that's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. I just thought that that was probably, probably the cutest part of this entire picture. I mean, you have kids at the controls. You have a space battle going out there. But just this little girl and the smile on her face, and she's in this very simple costume. It uh, It's it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, very I'm, exciting. I'm excited to uh, enter Westworld. Yeah, until right? they turn on you yeah um nope. and then the, the last piece of news totally which we kind side, of so they won't hurt me oh i <laughs> will be on the same side with you guys too believe me cool yeah um the last piece of news which we sort of talked about with amy a little bit but we can touch on a little bit more here is that the creators of game of thrones uh whose names i for some reason cannot find right now have been uh, brought on to do two Star Wars films. Um, is it two? We know it's two. It's, I it's believe the new, so. Isn't it the new trilogy separate from the ones Rain Johnson is doing? I thought it was at least two. Was the way they said it. Let's see. Regardless, they're, um, they're making more. It's more than one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So this is what's nuts is that there's already we got okay we got episode nine well we got solo this year and then we got episode nine next year and then I assume whatever another either the first of the Ryan Johnson trilogy or a new anthology movie is this what fills in it like for another and thought like are they gonna do a two movie thing or are they doing two? like what's happening Why, I, like they, the only reason they would have given them more than one is if they have a story you know it's yeah. not just like hey i want to do two random unconnected star wars movies um if it is that's even more frustrating uh just gut reactions i'm sure everybody's had these reactions on twitter but if you care about mine for any reason uh in a vacuum love it love game of thrones but yeah no like we said earlier it's a little i don't know boring well but it's gonna be awesome i i will say too it always worries me especially since the issues that they had with the solo movies that they've been you know announcing these directors doing so many of these different movies and things don't always work out i, I feel right. like if you're going to say hey we want these people for movies announce that they're doing one movie yep let them do their movie. If things work out, let them do the second. If it doesn't, it, it looks bad having to backtrack, being like, oh, you know what? We said that we we're going to do more than one, but we're just going to have them do the one. That's a really they're, good point, pushing... considering the troubles they've had. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like it just it, it kind of tarnishes the, uh, the Lucasfilm image when you have to backtrack with directors that you hyped up yourself a year and a half ago. Though I will say these are guys who clearly have – proven that they can work year on year oh yeah on adapted material so definitely it's just 
we've already seen issues with this. Right. Like it's been proven that this has already bit them in the butt once. Well, I just I'm just so curious about. I mean, I'm I'm excited about Ryan Johnson's Johnson's as well. But why we're just giving whole series to directors? That's strange. It it, it is because even the original trilogy, they were not all directed by George Lucas. If only, no. it was, was it just wasn't it just the first one? Just the yes. first one, yes. Yeah. So you and mean not the even prequels. the original in the prequels, but you know the prequels were what yeah. they were. But I mean the original films that everyone loves had different directors each time and it worked well yeah totally for different vibes mm-hmm. um though I, I i'm i am happy we're kind of if we lost previous dude i'm glad jj's coming back around yeah that we'll have some consistency but yeah you know like i said in a vacuum game of thrones star wars sounds great sold um and yeah. you know we'll judge the movie by the movie yeah i agree um I would like I would have liked some other perspectives as well, but yep. hey, maybe they'll make the Old Republic movies. Yeah, finger crossed. Although I'd, if I was gonna get Old Republic, I would have really liked it as a TV show. Ooh, but, but, yeah. but them with Old Republic's kind of cool. You already had that. It vibe, is because right? they 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 know about all that like political intrigue and stuff. the lore but, aspect yeah. of it. Like they but can you, tackle lore. I feel like if you're gonna do Old Republic as a movie, you you kind of can't do you can't get super gritty with politics because apparently everyone hates that so i liked it <laughs> i like it too i i but i feel like you know or you gotta wrap it better you have to put it in a better yeah. package yeah more explosions i feel like that kind of that kind of stuff fits better <laughs> for a novel like uh if like in the last jedi when they you know the whole ships chasing each other everybody pointed out like oh it's very battlestar galactica it it made me want the like like 17th century navy story but in star wars huh you know yeah. uh i i was like man that'd be so cool but then i thought about it and i'm like i don't know if that would work as a movie for everyone that sounds more like a novel you know where they Fair can enough. get to the kind of stuff so just maybe in, that kind of stuff wouldn't work toss in the trade embargo and you're you're set <laughs> you're set for life a pinch of trade embargo a pinch and trade embargo some you know political intrigue and maybe an attempted assassination yeah. Just, you know. No, but that was like we that would be fun. Sounds like we fixed Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for Creature of the Week? Yes. Real quick. Creature wh- of the Week. One more one more news story. What? Okay. One more real quick. So, <laughs> we saw the, ori- the the new solo posters that came out. One of the versions has already started hitting theaters. It's the consolidated solo poster. Have you guys seen this one? No. No. So, it says solo with an amber background. And it has Han, Kira, Chewbacca, Lando, Beckett, and L three three seven on the on the in the letters. Ooh. So that poster here, I'll send you guys a let me send you guys a link real quick. This poster has uh, been showing up in a few theaters. Um, hopefully, one of us will find it soon. Ooh, cool! Right? Ooh, that is really cool. It's nice. Anyway, creature of the week. Creature of the week. <laughs> Ooh, they want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> Our creature of the week is the Nexu. Nexus were predatory felines native to the planet Kol- Kolgana? What? I don't know. They were also found on Xanox. Z- Z- <laughs> <laughs> what are these? Uh, Nexus. Next- Nexus 
See, they typed out Nexus. They didn't put an apostrophe, so No, whatever. you don't need a... Okay, Nexus were agile predators with four red eyes and sharp quills. They had infrared vision and were 4.51. Why so specific? Meters long. Uh, and yeah, it's one. Of, it's that cat thing that attacks Padme on the rock. When they're oh. being executed by the yeah. Geonosians. Attack of the Clones, yes. The Attack arena. of the Clones. Yes, there was the praying mantis one there was what was the third one the uh, like a rhino, the rhino type thing yeah and then there was this this kitty cat which now i'm looking at it i don't like it uh, he is very <laughs> he is very smiley um uh but he has kind of a rat tail that splits into two rat tails to make it super gross and then he also has like spider eyes and i very much don't like spiders I don't either. So I don't you. like that at all. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's cute though. He purrs and he he meows. No mention of sentience though. It's a little disappointing. <laughs> its light build allowed it to remain highly agile and difficult to hit, but also meant that it was easily hurt or even killed if struck with enough force. A single kick was enough to stun a Nexu and cause significant pain. That's sad. I'm glad so, that Padme so knew that fact. So Padme hitting it with the chain, yeah. I'm glad she <laughs> was... knew that that little tidbit. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, I think that's it for the show. Sweet. Yeah. Anyways, listeners, if you want to find out more about the show or find a bunch of really cool stuff that I post on there, like documentary recommendations or YouTube video recommendations or articles that we're going to be posting up soon uh, you can head over to astarwarspodcast.com and then if you'd like to find me on Twitter I'm at the Jawa Josh uh, everyone else where can they find you I am at Rebecca June Lane and our official Twitter is at LTA underscore radio you can find me on Instagram Dapper underscore fat facebook.com slash long time ago radio go take a look comment on stuff and just send us messages we'd like to talk yeah. star wars with you also uh what was i gonna say uh i forgot rewind <laughs> <laughs> yeah star wars what was i gonna say you guys we don't know man i guess you wouldn't know huh? our, our website <laughs> No, I already said that. Uh, oh, no. Oh, okay. I remember now. <laughs> I remember. Also, uh, if you could, please go to iTunes. Leave us a nice review. It really helps a lot. And for everything else, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Unless some crazy bonkers news or a new trailer drops or something. We'll see you in uh, two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Adios. Adios.